Welcome to the Readings Kids Book Podcast, a monthly podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to the world of children's books and bookselling. I'm Leanne Hall, a children's and YA bookseller and author. And I'm Angela Crocom, a bookseller and occasional author. As we're recording this, uh, we're recording this in pretty strange times, actually, <laughs> um, as Australia and the world is increasingly worried about COVID-19. We thought it was time for us just to sit down um, and talk about, we're, we're actually calling this the Stay at Home and Feel Calm with Books edition of the yes. Kids Podcast. Yes. Um, so we're going to have a far-ranging discussion on books that we think could be helpful at this time. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and maybe in acknowledgement that maybe we'll be all spending quite a bit more time at home at than home. usual. We have had so many people, so many parents coming into the bookshop and just buying up bunches of books for their kids yeah. to keep them busy and happy and uh, relaxed during yes. the pos- possible next few weeks. Yes, I did also <laughs> see a lot of photos on social media showing very empty shelves at libraries yeah. and so it was... It was I guess one of the nicer things to see um, online that people were looking to books for entertainment and comfort Yes, um, at right. this time. So we'll be mainly talking about that today, but we'll also briefly talk about uh, books for the climate emergency, something which I know nothing about, but which Angela knows lots and lots about. And we'll also just quickly go over what we're reading at the moment as usual. So, uh, to turn to staying at home and feeling calm with books, um, we sort of thought a few, of a few different types of books and needs that we could discuss today. The first yeah. one was actually chunky books that will take a long time to read, <laughs> given that maybe, you know, maybe we want books that will last a week rather than books that will be read easily in a night. Hmm. Angela, did you have any recommendations of chunky books chunky books well i think the libba bray uh series is very good the oh diviners so, series oh, yeah and she is so funny and just so smart smart as a whip that woman and uh yeah there's three or there's four, four books, four now, four yeah. books yeah. in the series and um they're set in new york around the 1920s yep. and there's a murder mystery and there's all sorts of amazing characters and um each of them is probably four or five hundred oh, pages long. Yeah, but they're so they're so entertaining to yeah, read. Like I never notice how, how long they are. Like they take you know they really hold my attention. Um, King of Crows book four is is just out now, and I love the mixture of lots and lots of historical detail mm. together with like almost horror. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that sort of supernatural element to it. And, yeah. yeah, it's funny. You should. I was sort of when I was jotting down books, I realized. You know, especially in the young adult category, um, I was sort of thinking that, like, you know, fantasy is really good yeah. for long reads that take Definitely. you a while, and sci-fi as well. I thought of Angel Mage by Garth Nix mm-hmm. as being another good YA yeah. one that will that will you know take you a long time to read. Yeah, or uh, his Sabriel series, or the Sabriel well. series. Yeah, and also um, one of my favourites from last year, Aurora Rising, mm. which is a nice chunky sci-fi. Yeah, but oh read. goodness, I devoured that in. in Did you? Two yeah. Yeah, well, you've got to, um, if you want it to last a little while, you've got to employ some kind of self-control. Yeah. Um, so those are some suggestions for um, a teen audience thinking a little bit a little bit younger. What are some some good chunky books you think can? Uh, well, I think Rick Riordan is oh, always that's a, great a idea. good good standby. You know, his his stories are so engrossing. They use a lot of mythology yeah. and they're just action packed. Um, but a lot of them are quite 
quite chunky and do take a while to get through. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really great suggestion actually. Um, one of the ones I thought of that that might be good at this time to last a while is The Good Thieves by Catherine Rundell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, um, you know, her, her one of her breakout books was um, The Explorer, which was fantastic, mm. but that one's quite a fast-paced read, whereas I found The Good Thieves, which kind of brings together a group of young kids with very unusual abilities who kind of undertake a heist for a good cause. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought that one was really like, um, really absorbing, but does take a little bit longer to read. So that was, that was my tip for the sort of nine to 12. Yeah. What about Mysterious Benedict Society? Oh, fantastic. Trent and Lee Stewart. They're they're nice and chunky, good kind of kids going on a mystery adventure. Yeah. They're, they're fantastic books actually. And Wildwood. Uh, and while, yes, Miloy. of course, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot. I think middle grade is really spoilt for yes. kind of good chunky books, especially yeah. series. Um, another actually one that I wanted to mention was Elementals uh, by Amy Kaufman. The first mm. book's called Ice Walls. I found that to be um, a really absorbing, you know, twisty plot, but good for sort yeah. of a maybe uh, a nine or ten-year-old. Yeah. yep. Um, Definitely. And the third one yeah. is coming out well, in a few months. So you can read the first two and be yeah. all primed and ready yeah. for book three. Wonderful. Um, I did actually, while we're talking about a few series like Rick Riordan and Wildwood, I did sort of have, have jotted down. I mean, we could um, – series are a good thing yes, to rely absolutely. on. absolutely. Parents you, love series. Did you have people buying box sets or whole yes, lots of series yes, recently? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought – one of the series that seems to be really popular with almost everyone in that nine to twelve age group um, is School for Good and Evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like that one. I f- actually forget how many books they've gotten to now. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe five or six. Maybe there's a few. There's like two trilogies <laughs> and a little spin-off. Yeah, and yeah. It gets there quite is the convoluted. Handbook. Yes, and yeah. then the Land of Stories by Chris Colfer. Yeah, um, we've had lots of people buying those, and we're up to book six for that. Great for people who don't know those two series. I guess they're they're both kind of very playful kind of takes on fairy tale yeah. tropes but in a yeah. very modern and fresh kind of way that seem to really yeah. appeal to contemporary kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. If yep. the way they gobble them up and come back for the next <laughs> one is any any indication. Um, I thought of some some good Australian series as well for that 9 to 12 age group. Um, there's only two in the series so far but the Jane Doe books mm-hmm. I think would, yeah. would be a yep. really good um, place to go. Right. And then Nevermore, also two books out but Hollow Pox to come out mm. in a few August. Still August. a way off yet. I hope we're not all spending a lot of time in August but just in case we are, Hollow Pox comes out in <laughs> August and is a third one. Um what would you say if that you had sort of slightly younger readers at home from about, you know, six through to eight? Mm. Are there any sort of series or slightly longer books that, that oh, you think so could be many, good for the long haul? You know, I really love um, the Geronimo Stilton and the Thea oh, yeah, Stilton, yeah. the, the colour ones, the colourful hardbacks that they go off into these fantasy lands and they're really engaging and particularly Thea Stilton sort of goes – and um, looks at different mythologies. And so you learn about dragons yeah. and fairies and Japanese uh, different mythological characters yeah. and uh, Irish ones. So, yeah, I really enjoyed them. I imagine that would inspire a lot of kids to find out more about those topics yeah. and yeah, that could right. like spin off yeah. into quite a yeah, nice... Yeah, it's a nice introduction yeah. to these characters. And, and, yeah, Geronimo Stilton, there's a lot of dragons and witches and... 
Yeah, so they're really fun. They're so cute, aren't they, those ones? <laughs> and they're such a long-running series. I mean, I there's dozens and dozens of them mm. over over the years. So that's a great that's a great suggestion. Yeah, what about you? What do you think? Um, I think I really love the Mr. Penguin books by oh, Alex yeah, T. They're Smith. Cute. They're really cute. There's three of them now. The first one is called Mr. Penguin and the Lost Treasure, and they're very kind of like Indiana Jones but if Indiana Jones was a penguin. And like <laughs> yeah, in a museum. Of, yeah, there's kind of like mysteries and adventures and journeys to go on in those books. So yes. I think I think they're really great. And they're a little bit longer for that age group rather yes. than the, the really over in a flash chapter book. Yeah, well, that that's, yeah. Yeah, like I do, I love Real Pigeons Fight Crime. That series is great. Yeah. We're up to four of those and fifth one comes in the next few months. Yeah. Um, and that's a crack Fighting crime, fighting team of pigeons out on the streets, yeah. fighting, fighting for the greater good. Yeah, um, so it's a good fun. sign when fans come in for each subsequent. You know, they're like yeah. pestering you for it, little customers. You know that they're yeah, like genuinely enjoying. I feel like Real Pigeons is is one of those. Yeah, it's definitely hit the mark. Um, I also thought one of my, my, my favourite junior series, and there's quite a few in it, I think maybe six or seven is the Princess in Black series. Mm-hmm. It is a, a shorter one to read because it is mm. for a more junior reader, but it has really great colour illustrations and I think it could stand quite a few rereads. And, of course, yep. you know, when kids are learning to read, they're a little bit slower with their reading. Yeah. So yep. I think that one, there's enough in that series to last a little while. Yeah, she's a great character. And um, and they're lovely as well for a younger kid, for a parent to read to them at night. Yeah. Because um, they're nice and colourful and, you know, the adventure isn't too long. Yeah. So, There's yeah, some fun wordplay in those ones as well that I think is really mm. fun to kind of act out. There's very, very like <laughs> playful onomatopoeia and, and fun sort of puns and alliterations in, in those ones. I also um, think another really popular series for that slightly younger age group is Dog Man. Um, yes. And I think they would also stand poring over and rereading and mm. spending a lot of time going over the yeah. favourite bits. Yeah, well, I think graphic novels in general are great for that. My daughter just reads and rereads and rereads her graphic novels because yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're very visual. They don't take too much energy. So when she's tired or a little bit bored, she just loves yeah. to go back to the comfort of a graphic novel that she knows the story yeah, of and yeah. she can enjoy the the little elements in it yeah. that she might not notice the first time. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think a lot of people maybe are a little reluctant to invest in graphic novels mm. because they because it is um, so visual and they think it'll be over really quickly. Yeah. But it's interesting to know perhaps that kids feel really quite inspired to reread them yeah. and pour over the visual details afresh. And yes, yeah. yes, definitely. I think they reread them a lot more than they would other books. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, yeah. I really love the adventures of Anders, mm-hmm. um, him and his cute little friends. Mm, They're very simple graphic novels um, and there's a nice sort of full-colour collection of the Anders adventures now. Um, and I, I think they'd be good from, I guess, like, I mean, you could read them to a four-year-old really. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You could and then a six or seven seven-year-old reading them themselves. Yeah, yeah there's not yeah. that much text in yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Very sweet. And Narwhal and Unicorn is also a lovely oh, series, yes. a graphic yeah. novel series for an early reader. Okay. Very sweet. Great. Um, so that's plenty of very long books and also very <laughs> extensive series that we think um, could last a couple of weeks if you play your yeah. cards right. Can I also just put in a, a pitch for Narnia? Oh uh, yes, a woman I, bought yes. that the other day. The whole the seven book collection, and what a wonderful thing to just go down the rabbit hole yeah. of Narnia over a two week period. And yeah, just actually, jump into I was. That world yeah, again. I was thinking classics. <laughs> um, 
are a good thing to delve into yeah. quite possibly yeah. at this time. I was um, you know, trying to think what were the longer, you know, classics that weren't too heavy, or, but maybe a little bit heavy is okay that would last a, a long time. And mm. I thought of Lord of the Rings and Wizard of Earthsea, but also yeah. I know it's a little sad Watership Down, yeah. you know, is a really beautiful, <laughs> slightly teary book, but, you know, is quite long. And also... Um, with the film, you know, coming out recently and there's a lot of new additions, what what better time than to, to read, reread Little Women? Little Women, absolutely. And Secret Garden, there's a film of that coming out soon as well. So that's a nice one to reread. Yeah. yeah. It could also be something nice um, for a family to read together. I think yeah. those classics. Yeah, that's that- right. I think as a parent or an adult, um, you know, you know that story. So it is quite a comforting read for the adult yeah. to go back to a classic that they remember from yeah. their childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. So it's I would say classics are very comforting. They are. Yeah. And absolutely. they give you a little bit of historical perspective as well, I think. <laughs> you get to sort of yeah. feel that what is happening right now on the news tonight is maybe not the whole picture exactly. when you Yeah. I think that's exactly. I guess talking about the the comfort of classics um leads into another type of book that I'd be really, really keen to talk about. Um and and that's books that can help alleviate anxiety or worries or, or fear um, because I think that that's perhaps something that some parents or educators mm. might be sort of needing to have yeah, at the abs- moment. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And we have done a little window display of books at the bookshop of books to kind of Keep calm. Okay. What know. sort of what's books have well, you got we've in your got display? Well, we've got for a very young young age group, we've got uh, Todd Parr, who's very vibrant and colourful. He's so good. And, yeah, he's, he's very clever, yeah. very simple books. So we've got two. We've got the Don't Worry book, uh, good advice for parent and child. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the I'm Not Scared book. So those those are really sweet. Then we've got um, lovely Joe Wittek's Brave as Can Be. Oh, yeah, a that's book a great of courage, one. Uh, which is really nice. We've got Dr. Dog. Who... Oh, I love Dr. Dog. <laughs> yeah. He's so gross. It's such a gross, it's such a wonderfully well, disgusting I know, picture but book. he has a lot of lovely lessons about washing, the importance of washing your hands yeah, oh, and definitely. cleanliness and all those sort of things. Uh, we've got another, um, I guess, a little bit more educational one called Put Your Worries Away. Yep. And a little workbook for probably seven plus uh, called What to Do When You Worry Too Much. Okay. And that's a real anxiety workbook for a child to yep. work through, um, which can be very handy. And uh, then there's the lovely Trace Maroney series that there's a number of books in the series when I'm feeling scared, when I'm yeah. feeling nervous, when I'm feeling angry. Um, I think those are really lovely. And then for a little bit of an education on, you know, uh, on bacteria, we have Do Not Lick This Book. Excellent. Which Excellent is... book. <laughs> don't lick anything at the moment, actually. Yeah, yeah just, like, yeah. Not even in your own home, maybe, don't, don't, don't lick any surfaces. It's time to stop licking, that's for sure. <laughs> and a lovely little Osborne, Lift the Flap, What Are Germs? Oh, perfect. And, yeah, on the front cover there's some hand soap and some kids washing their hands. Excellent. That's some nice literary um, <laughs> reinforcement of what everyone should be doing at the moment. That's right. That sounds great. Um, one of the books I actually thought that, that was um, – it's a book that's sold consistently well for us, um, even though it's a few years old. Mm. And I think it, it could actually be good in this situation is The Goldfish Boy by Lisa Thompson. Oh, okay. Um, it's about a young 
a young boy who has agoraphobia and doesn't leave the house very often mm. and he he lives most of his his life sort of sitting at the window yet despite the fact that he's he's very scared to go outside he actually finds himself helping to solve um, a missing person case mm. there's a, a toddler on the street who has gone missing and um, he kind of, you know, works with his fears um, and, and tries to solve the case. And he sort of, he pushes his boundaries a little bit in terms of meeting new people or making new friends. But mostly he does actually spend a lot of, of time at home. And I thought, yeah, I thought in a strange way that could be a good one. It's a, it's yeah. a strangely reassuring um, book. It, it doesn't make light of of um, the problems of him having to spend too much time at home and what that's like for him. It's quite, you know, a positive book, but it doesn't sort of downplay, you know, what it's like when, when somebody spends a lot of time at home. So, yeah, yeah. I thought oh, I that thought that's a great be, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one of, the, um, one of the final categories of books that, that I thought might be useful for us to, to discuss today are books to keep kids Busy, so <laughs> arts books, craft books, writing yes, books, activity, activity books. Activity books, I yeah. Think, I feel like they are going to be every adult's best friend <laughs> um, if they're spending sort of greater amounts of time around young people. Yeah, um, yeah. So are there any that spring to mind, Angela? Oh, think? You can't beat a good Usborne sticker dolly dressing. Oh, even I. Oh, yeah, I know that you have Angela. a secret penchant for those. It's not secret anymore, <laughs> is it? Angela's been long <laughs> party to my secret shame, which is my devotion to. See, Usborne do lots of sticker dolly dressing books. I feel like I need to justify myself now. Um, <laughs> In a lot of different categories and things, my particular niche category that I love in the Osborne <laughs> sticker dolly dressing books is the historical ones. Yes. Because they yes. have fabulous <laughs> historical clothing and costumes. Fashion. Yeah. The only distressing thing about them is there's all this wonderful, like, weird historical underwear that mm. all of the characters wear, but you then cover them up with the clothes yeah. and, and the coats. Okay. So you can appreciate them. Yeah. But anyway, that's... That's my particular hmm. pleasure. And they have lots of, you know, activity ones as well that are they more do. masculine in, rather yeah. than, you know, very, very whatever, you know, yeah. Whatever the kid's interest, I think. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's... sticker dolly dressing for it, for sure. I feel like Usborne really excel at activity books, sticker yeah. books. Yes. Interactive sort of sort of pop up and sort of peek inside and, yeah. and very detailed yep. lift the flat books. Yeah, they're so, great. They're yeah, great. I feel like those those last for hours. Yeah. And what um, about the, for an older kid, um, the Klutz uh, craft oh, books yeah, yeah. are really good. Yeah. Um, there's things like making pom-pom pets. I have actually had a go at the pom-pom <laughs> one. I did have a go at the pom-pom animals. Yeah. And How'd I, you go? I... <laughs> I did very well for did somebody you? who's craft challenged. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it was great. In this one you used, like, they showed you how to use a fork um, to create your pom-poms. Mm. And then you had, like, little extra pieces and, and eyes, googly eyes and things yep, that you stick glued on. on. Yeah, it was really, I reckon that, that activity could last a whole afternoon. And once you get the hang of making pom-poms, it's kind of, you don't want to stop. So yeah, 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 and they're pretty easy to make, really, aren't they? Pom-poms? Yeah, no, I, I yeah. really enjoyed That's that good, one. Good skill, yeah. But they have all sorts of things that you can do. There's like a spirograph one. There's slime mm. making and yeah. origami and yes, origami is always yeah. good. Yeah, clots, the clots activity kits are really um, great. And they, they do some that are like a little bit younger and some that are suitable mm. for a more. Yeah. So you could probably mm. cover from 
four or five years all the way through to 12-year-olds 12, 12, year, yeah. 12 with various different types of clots. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. hmm. One of my, my favourite um, activity books, I think is – fairly freeform in in how long it could take you or how long you could be occupied with it is um playing with collage by Jeannie Baker. Oh wow. Yeah, yes, that it, yeah. beautiful. Baker is a really wonderful um collage artist. Mm. I remember her picture books when I was was really little a very long time ago and she does these beautifully detailed collage illustrations and in playing with collage she kind of lets you in on her secrets. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it That's often um, yeah involves yeah. finding little objects around the house but also in the garden in the and garden, in nature yeah. um, yep. and, and just clever little tricks you can use to kind of present them um, in collage to greatest effect. But mm. really, you know, it's own, you know, you're only limited by your imagination once you kind of look at some of her basic tools and skills and ideas. You can then spin yes. off into your own wild creations, yeah. I imagine, yourself. Yeah, that's a great idea, mm. actually. A nice afternoon doing collage. Yeah. I quite fancy you, that. You can have that one if you want, Angela, if <laughs> yeah. that comes in yeah. handy um, next week. <laughs> I think I'll take that one. Yeah. Any other things spring to mind? Um, oh, there's some embroidery kits. Uh, what else? It's time what to is... go back to some of the like old-fashioned oh, yeah, tried and tested yeah. crafts. I've got, Absolutely. I've written down, you know, a drawing book, how to draw a unicorn and other cute animals. Yes. I think drawing, yep. drawing all the books of Kerry Smith. Yeah, they're great. Wreck your journal for teenagers. And, yeah, I think maybe actually, I was thinking for teenagers, it's maybe a little bit hard. A lot of these relate to to um, slightly younger, mm, younger yes. things, yep. but um, the Kerry Smith can definitely definitely be done by teenagers. teenagers yeah. I did yep. actually just see in the shop a new one that I wasn't aware this was coming out, so I was quite excited. Um, Find Your Voice by Angie Thomas. Yes. Yeah. Just thinking that. Yeah, there's some great kind of inspirational journal yeah. books for teenagers now as well as younger kids. That could be a good kids. thing for that age group, couldn't yeah, it? definitely. They yeah. need to get those emotions out. Yes. Express yes. them in, get, in written Get them form. out and not all up in your face. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. so The Angie Thomas one is a great writing, <laughs> guided writing book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, there's that slam your poetry one that's yes come out recently. Yeah. So uh, you might not be able to go to a to gig to present your slam poetry, mm. but there's always YouTube. You could record your own yeah. YouTube video mm-hmm. performing poetry. You could do a live stream. Yeah, if you, or you could just have like a family slam poetry that's session in the lounge true. room. That's a great. I don't know if everyone in the household is going to be into that, but um, it's worth a try. You might have to bribe a few a few <laughs> household members that they need to like write and perform their own poem. But um, you never know. You, you might discover know. some hidden talents. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, I think games are great, you know, family yeah. board games or card games. Jigsaws. Can be really good. Jigsaws, yeah. I have recently rediscovered jigsaws mm. and they are like hours mm. of very calming and relaxing yeah. activity. I really want to do that, but we can't leave ours because the cat starts eating the pieces. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess there's nowhere you can really hide from a cat. No. Because we, we do ours on like an, an, a giant cardboard box, do the mm-hmm. jigsaw on that, and then um, the dog does try to walk all over the jigsaw. Like she doesn't <laughs> seem to truly understand what a jigsaw yeah, is. No. Fair enough. But we, we push it under the couch oh, yeah. in between sessions and then yep, that keeps it safe. safe. But a cat, I imagine, would. Yeah, no, the cat got it. It was under the table and he... <laughs> Chewed a few pieces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so those are our best suggestions of books that will help you stay at home and feel calm. I know that um, I'll be 
adding a lot of collections to the kids page Mm. on our website in the coming weeks uh, that contain, you know, sort of these kind of suggestions that will will help you at this time. So please keep an eye on our website because we're we're going to be really trying to um, to to cater to what people need ideas that they need at the moment and consolations. Meditation and yoga books also great. We've got some great yoga cards that you can do with young children at home. Fantastic. That's really nice. Yeah. All right. So keep an eye out on our website because um, we will be making efforts in the following weeks to to try and sort of keep things kind of relevant and helpful. Yep. Keep calm and read books. Right, so it's time to talk now about something that I have peripherally heard about, but I feel like Angela needs to give me a primer on, <laughs> and that is a recently formed initiative, Books for the Climate Emergency. And Angela, I think that you're quite involved in this. Well, I yeah, I'm fortunate enough to be one of the founding members of the Book Industry Climate Action Group. It was very hard to find a name that (laughs) encompassed us all. So there's lots of publishing people, there's booksellers, there's authors uh, in the group and we're all very passionate about the environment and about raising awareness about the climate emergency. It's wonderful. Yeah. I was so so, so uh, pleased to see to see well, the news about that. Yeah, look after the bushfires. I think lots of people felt like, oh, what can we do? You know, and um we came together because we felt that within our industry there were lots of things that we could do and yeah. we're working on a lot of different projects. Um, but our first thing that we did was produce a pretty simple uh, leaflet on uh, recommended reading Great. for people. So we've got we've broken it down into different categories. We've got picture books, we've got kids' books, um, nonfiction and fiction. Fantastic. Uh, and then we've got some adult books, fiction and, um, you know, vital information books and also classics, contemporary classics on the climate emergency because, of course, this has been around for, you know, 40 or 50 years now. Yeah. It's not a new thing. Uh, it's just getting more urgent. So, so where, where can people find So, okay, leaflet? so the leaflet uh, you can download from our website as a PDF. Uh, the website is bikag, B-I-C-A-G dot org. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, Book Industry Climate Action Group. Uh, and also in many independent bookshops, we have left little copies of the uh, leaflet books for the climate emergency that you can pop in and pick up. Excellent. I think we we're, were a little worried about talking about this today because we thought, oh, maybe we need to stick to really uplifting topics. But <laughs> one thing I have noticed is like when you're sitting at home or when you're sort of being passive or you don't know what to do and you're not taking any actions, it's possible to feel, you feel quite down and despairing. Mm, but when you yeah. actually engage in actions and, yeah. and actively kind of follow up on your values and your priorities, then actually that can really lift a cloud. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you feel more empowered. Um, yeah, and I do think that a good, an upside for the environment on this whole coronavirus thing is that there we're, you know, cutting out a lot of carbon emissions right now because people aren't flying all around the world yeah. everywhere at the moment. They aren't driving everywhere. So, in fact, in, in some ways it is a positive little interlude for the climate after yeah. the horrors of the bushfires. Yeah. 
that's I definitely think <laughs> in the past few days um, we've been looking, trying to find a few silver linings. Yes, while, silver while, linings. While still acknowledging, <laughs> obviously, the seriousness of the situation and that there's actually really, um, really tragic things happening and, and a lot of people will be feeling grief about what's happening. Um, but mm. sometimes I've just seeing a few silver linings can yeah. can help those of us who are struggling with their mood. Yes, um, absolutely. Do you, would you say when it comes to um, the, the climate crisis and climate emergency, are there issues that you think are really peculiar to the book industry or do you feel like they're kind of issues that apply to all other industries or types of businesses? Uh, well, I guess the, the there are some uh, specific things for the book industry, such as our use of paper, yep. obviously, and... Um, you know, I would like to see a world where we're only using sustainably forested paper yeah. in books and that yeah. can be sort of guaranteed. Um, a lot of publishers are looking at that and do uh, try to get sustainably forested paper, but I think that's a big issue. And I guess the other one is that um, books are shipped all over the world. They're printed in China yeah. primarily, yeah. Uh, especially colour books, and then shipped all over the world. And that is does have a lot of carbon emissions yeah. associated with it. Um, so those are very specific ones to our industry. But then, of course, we have the other issues um, of all office workplaces as well about yeah. paper usage and uh, electricity usage and being sustainable um, in those ways and, you know, looking at ways to make the business more sustainable uh, from an environmental perspective. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your involvement, being one of the founding members <laughs> of this much-needed and very excellent group. Um, I look forward to seeing more and hearing more about it and no, no doubt we'll be paying a lot of attention to it, I think, at readings. Thank you, Leanne. Yeah. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can maybe do a blog post or, you know, talk about some of the books that we really yeah. love. I'd um, say, yeah. There's lots of great ones for kids. Yeah, stand by to hear more. I think sounds like we need to maybe do a specialist episode at some Yay. point. <laughs> So finally today, we are on to our, how we normally end an episode, which is just what we're reading at the moment. We're reading. Yeah. Woohoo. Just in case you needed any more recommendations or <laughs> ideas after this kind of very long list of, of recommendations, this yeah. episode. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off by just, yes, um, do. I'm actually reading an adult book, which seems mm. a little bit odd for me to talk about it in a kids and YA podcast, but it's written by Sarah J. Maas, who's really, really mm. well known as a, a megastar bestseller. YA fantasy author yeah. and I'm reading her first adult book mm. House of Earth and Blood which is the first um, book in a new series that I think it's called Crescent City so the, the books are set in this um, city called Lunathion the Crescent City and it's a very okay. supernatural universe so the reason I'm mentioning it is that I think that um, probably teenagers will want to read it yes of and course. adults will be wondering whether their teenager should be reading yeah. this book that yeah. is technically marketed as an adult book I'm uh, here's a disclaimer I'm probably uh, it is a very long book I'm enjoying it immensely but I'm probably only halfway through but so far I would I would say I I don't haven't read anything yet that would be too much of a problem for older teens to read. Yeah. Say so what do you think, 15 15 plus? or 16, yeah. yeah. It's very obvious like when you start reading it, you're like it's got all the hallmarks of, of an adult book. In fact, I wonder whether maybe Sarah J Maas is just like with relief writing about all these adults. There's a lot of mm. – there's a lot of talk about drinking, drug taking and sex, but in actual fact not much of that really takes – 
place <laughs> on the page. Like it's and it's sort of set in this very sort of gritty, glamorous world where um where the characters, you know, do go to a lot of nightclubs and and do engage in these activities. But in actual fact, they don't really happen on the page and they aren't really talked about it. It's almost just like a lot of, you know, double entendre um, mm. and kind of like sexy feelings, but not a lot of actual action, if <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. Teenagers will love that. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I certainly think that there's nothing. The, the main thing I would say is like, uh, you know, it's also – quite quite violent. I don't generally read a lot of violent books and I'm coping mm. fine with it. But, you know, if you have a, a young person who's particularly sensitive to violence, I don't necessarily think that maybe for me that might be the mm. thing that would actually stop me from giving it yeah. to a teenager. Well, although yeah. her other books are quite violent as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, Throne of yeah. Glass was, was quite yeah. violent. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see a lot that, that makes it unsuitable for those older mm. teens but of course it's it's up for everyone to judge for themselves teens are really good at self-censoring as well and it just yes. depends on the reader I would mm. I would say but I'm, I'm enjoying it um, mm. I'm enjoying it a lot mm. it's very political there's a lot of different supernatural factions and groups and houses and a lot of intrigue and double dealing and crime and yeah it's fun oh, mm. that's, that's what I'm reading great yeah. Angela right what have you got uh, on the go at the moment? Well, I am in the last few weeks of reading for the Readings YA Prize shortlist. So I've been heavily immersed in Australian yeah. young adult fiction. Um, and I've read two books that are April releases. Um, so they'll probably be fresh off the presses by the time this comes out. Yep. And uh, that is... The new one by Sarah Epstein, whose oh, yeah. last book, Small Spaces, was shortlisted for the Readings YA mm. Prize a couple of years ago. And uh, this is another thriller um, called Deep Water. It took me a moment there to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the brain was churning. Yep. Deep Water. And it's about a young boy, a 12-year-old boy who's gone missing. And um, it's dual perspective from his brother who everybody sort of treats as a bit of a deadbeat around the town and they've got an alcoholic mother and it's a pretty bad home environment. Yeah. Um, but it's from, part of the voice is from his perspective, which is really interesting because then you've got another character who's a young girl who was his friend who sort of let the boy, the young boy who disappeared down mm-hmm. on the night he disappeared and, um, her perspective as well and she's desperate I think she feels so guilty that she let this boy down yeah. and she's trying to find what happened and she sort of suspects the older brother okay as well um yeah so it's a really good slow burn thriller mm, it sounds um, fantastic yeah that I really enjoyed and the other one I'm just finished last night is the latest one by Eliza Henry Jones oh I really want to read that yeah she's a lovely writer really lovely so she wrote two adult books and then she did a young adult one uh last year yep. Peers for Pearl and this one is called How to Grow a Family Tree and um just beautiful characterization. It's about a family that's going through a tough time. The dad's a, a gambler. He's just mm-hmm. a chronic gambler. He just can't stop gambling. Yeah. And at the beginning of the book, they have to move out of their house to a caravan park because they can't afford the house anymore. Um, and the the daughter's uh, whose perspective it's from, she's been adopted. But that's not, you know, there's no tension around that in the family. But then a letter comes from her birth mother Mm -hmm. and she has to decide what to do about it. 
and it's just a really, really beautiful story of a family going through a crisis moment yeah. um, and finding the joy and and togetherness in that okay. uh, situation. Yeah, so that I enjoyed wonderful. that. sounds wonderful. Yeah. It's got a very good cover as well. Yeah, it does. I think it I does. really, yeah. <laughs> you know, not that, you know, that's a little bit superficial of me to say that, but, you know, it helps when a book has a nice cover. Okay. So thank you for listening. That's our uh, episode for today. We wanted to give you a slightly longer and more rambling, mm. mostly kind of attempting to be positive episode <laughs> with lots so of many reading books. recommendations. So many books. So there, there's a book for everything out there. There I really is. certain of it. Yeah, we hope you've uh, found it useful. We hope that you are healthy and well yes. and uh, holding firm. And That's right. Yeah, hopefully we'll get through all of this together. Uh, with our books. Absolutely. Optimism is great for the immune system as well. Yes. As as I'm sure reading is. Yes. Excellent. (laughs) Bye for now. All right. Bye-bye. You can stream previous episodes of the Readings Kids podcast on our website, where you'll also find all kinds of bookish recommendations and plenty of great books, music, film and TV. You can also sign up to e-news or to receive our free monthly print newsletter, The Readings Monthly. The music for this podcast has been recorded by Peter Hodgson and this episode has been produced by Grant Overend. All of our podcasts are recorded and produced on the lands of the Kulin Nation. We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of this land and that sovereignty was never ceded.